You are now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. Welcome in, loyal listeners, to another episode of the Sons of Swanee Sportscast Spring Edition. The weather, TJ, has turned nice. Well, uh, for today, uh-huh. it has. And then I think here, maybe next week, we might have some cold weather again. It doesn't know what it wants to do. Doesn't matter, because on Saturday morning at 6.30 a.m., if a turkey's gobbling, Ace, Ace Abercrombie will be after him. It's youth weekend. I'm not allowed to shoot, but oh, youth weekend okay. opens Saturday. So okay. the Abercrombie boys will be there in full Educating effect. the youth educating the turkeys more than likely and then <laughs> watching them run off and then daddy can't call them back in for about three weeks so that's yeah right. <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen but neither here nor there tell the folks where they can find us tj vickers find us on facebook find us on twitter at sons of swanee find us anywhere you find your podcast information apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify subscribe rate and review let us know what we're doing what we could do better if you got any topics or interviews you want to hear, just let us know, and we will make it happen. Yep, yep. So a lot, lot of uh, Swanee High School news this week, and we lead this week, I think, with uh, our wrestlers having a pretty good showing last week at the state championships. Four of our six wrestlers advanced to day two. Our top finishers were Timmy Jolliker, Timothy Jolliker, finding his way to the podium with a fifth-place finish at state. Congratulations, Timothy, here in his senior year. And I believe Austin McKinney came in sixth place, and he's only a freshman, TJ, so – with he and uh, Tyson Musgrove and, and a few others that, that advanced to day two. Austin Howard was down at State, I know, and Topher Pearson. Um, pretty good showing for the dogs down at State. Yeah, I think it was a good opportunity, like we talked about last week, just to get those kids to get their feet wet, if you will, uh, and get that experience. Good thing for Timothy to go ahead and get on the podium his final year. Got a pretty sweet trophy out of it. I don't know if you yeah. saw what it looked like. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. So that was good just for the other ones to go ahead and get the experience. And like you said, uh, the majority of them are coming back next year, and yeah. so that's going to be good for us and uh, Coach Wainwright to kind of keep building this program back to what it used to be. Yeah, Caleb Parsons also, I think, advanced to day two, and he's a senior this year, so congrats to he and Timothy. And, and yeah, you know, you think about it, and you think of a top five finish at State, and it's really good, but uh, for Swanee County lower, <laughs> lower, I guess, you're kind of yeah. like, well, wait a minute, why aren't these Hang guys finishing yeah. in the top two, you know, but – like you said, Coach Wainwright coming in um, this year being, I think, his first or second year with us, back with us, uh, a pretty good showing to send six to state and, and have some top five, top six finishes and get on the podium. And so we will certainly look for big things out of them next year. I know Tyson next year will be, I'm sure, a heavy favorite coming into the year, um, along with McKinney, who's going to be a sophomore. And we're going to send a few over from Swanee Middle School, too, that hopefully can help the calls. There you go. Get your, get your kids in the mix. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The eighth grade class got some coming. So, and last night you and I were both out at Booster Field, much as we were TJ Saturday night. Hey, you like Marion Street too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. We Good times. just kept crossing paths. That's yeah. right. Weird. Yeah. We just uh, I was sitting there minding my own business, and then uh, my wife actually noticed you. She's like, "Is that Hunter?" I was like, "I don't know. Let me look." I try to and stay. It, yeah. it was sure enough. It was. I try to stay out of sight, out of mind on yeah, the weekends. You, you, you know had like saying? y'all had like the VIP only. Like you, you was hanging out with the cool kids. That's right. Yeah, the highfalutiners is yeah. who I roll yeah. with. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what we call them. You know, I noticed whenever y'all would take a sip of your waters that you were mm-hmm. drinking, you, you you never had your pinky on to drink. No, that's right. No, no, it's just stuck out a little bit. Yeah, it's very sophisticated. It's like Prince Harry and 
Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go there. <laughs> Leave it alone, Hunter. <laughs> well, like, so listen, I'll tell this story real quick. So I care nothing about the Royals, but my mom is very She's involved. She's into it? Yeah. Because she and my dad got married the same month as Princess Diana and Charles. Okay. I was born the same month as Prince William, and my brother is the same age as Harry. So in my mom's mind, we yeah. are basically yeah, British up? royalty. What's up, Prince Abercrombie? And yeah. I think she tried to dress us like that when we were young, just to prove her point. But yes, <laughs> she is very into the royals and, and what goes on. And so I'm sure I got I caught up with her. I said, go ahead and tell me anything I need to know. From so, the, yeah, you didn't watch the, the Oprah interview? Didn't watch the interview. No, no. I, I relied on Twitter yeah. to uh, kind of fill me in. Not well, that I was really seeking it, but you know, Twitter lets you know a lot of things you don't really care about. I relied on Angela, so Good. we both got all that information Good. we needed, I promise you. <laughs> but anyway, we were both out at Booster Field last night, and the dogs suffered their first defeat of the year and um, against the Childs Timberwolves, and Childs is always a solid program. And so I'll get your thoughts first. What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, so I think to begin the game, after two innings, we're only down 2-0, and I say only down 2-0 because we were in a, a tight spot at that point in time because we had a double play in the first inning that ended up with a run coming across, but it was runners on the corners, no outs, got a double play, a uh, really nice play by the second baseman to get the, you know, to get the double play initiated, but the run come across, and then we were able to escape out of it with just that one run in the first inning. Second inning, they load the bases, and we're like, oh, man. I mean, because they were squaring everything up. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't like – I mean, we did walk a few guys. Uh, Matthew Gill got to start last night. He, he walked a few guys, and it, it, it didn't help anything that he was down in the count a lot. But, I mean, they were just squaring everything up. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in a double play, it was just an atom ball. Like, hit right at him where it was just like, okay, like, just go ahead and turn it because like, it's hit right to you. It's hit hard. And, I mean, it was a pretty easy turn at that point in time. But they were squaring everything up. So, to be only down 2-0 after two innings, I think Swanee was very lucky. And I think maybe it was after the third I think it was after the third. It might, it might have been the fourth, but Coach Bruce comes out of that dugout, and he is hot. He's like, hey, mm -hmm. come here, guys. Like, like let's let's lock it in. Let's, let's you know, focus, and let's start trying to win this game. And it actually did work. I mean, we got a couple runs on the board in the fourth inning, and then, unfortunately, we couldn't have a shutdown inning at the top of the fifth where then they regained the lead with the ultimate score being 5-3 to three to end up being the final. So we were down 2-0. We ended up taking the lead in the fourth inning, 3-2, but then we couldn't shut them down in the top half of the fifth inning. So it really doesn't make much difference at that point in time because you're back down. I think the, the starting pitcher for Childs did a really good job, but that the guy that they came in after him, the relief pitcher, really, I mean, I, don't, I, I wish we could break down like the amount of hits, yeah. the amount of base runners we had like past the, actually the fourth inning because I'm not sure we had anybody on base because he was just setting them down pretty easily. And both guys were throwing pretty hard mm -hmm. for Childs, but it just seemed like something he was doing just had our batters off, off, you know, their ability. I don't know. It was just it was he it was, was he to was watch. firm. He was firm. Um, I don't know. I thought I didn't get there until the third inning. We had mm -hmm. baseball practice last night, so I didn't get there until the third. So I was interested to hear your thoughts on the first set, first yeah. and second. So I'll start there. We, so yeah, we were lucky to be down yeah. To a, well, so so Josh Fernald doesn't play last night. Yeah. Um, I think more precautionary than anything. I understand he got hit in the head by a ball. Yeah, and I don't know if it was injury, batting yeah. or yeah. in the field, whatever. I, I didn't he, hear exactly what it was. I he took a ball off injury. the off the dome Monday night. So. I think precautionary-wise, they kept him out last night, and he was supposed to start on the mound. Mm -hmm. I'm a big Matthew Gill fan because he's mm -hmm. a soft lefty yeah. like myself. And yeah. so, But if you're saying he's pitching behind in the count, well, for any it soft lefty, yeah. that's never a good thing. Yeah. Because a lot of times you're going to have to pitch backwards. And what I mean by that is, you know, throw a changeup in a fastball count, throw a fastball in a breaking ball count, and kind of, you know, you rely on command and keeping hitters off balance. That's going to be your game. Uh, so if you're not doing that, if you're falling behind and you're getting in counts where you're having to throw a fastball, 
and they know it's coming, then that's not a recipe for success for a soft lefty. And so, to, like you said, to get out of there only down two to nothing sounds good. I like the way Corbin threw, Hunter Corbin threw, yeah. I guess, the rest of the game. Yeah, I did. thought yeah. Corbin competed well. He is also he's not a guy that's going to blow the ball by anybody. He's a pitch to contact type of guy. I thought he competed well. Um thought he had, you know, just a couple bad breaks here and there. I mean, some balls maybe not hit squared up that just mm-hmm. you know, found found a hole or whatever and that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And then we give up the big two out double. Uh you know, that kind of is the difference maker yeah. because we, like you said, we scored two runs. I think it was in the bottom, bottom of the third. Of fourth, bottom of third fourth, yep. or fourth. fourth yep. yep. So they come out in the top of the fifth. And, and the rule with pitchers is always we score, you throw up a zero. Throw a zero. That's gotta, the goal. Yeah, got to get out. Yeah. And so we come out and, and they score three that inning, and that ends up That's being the, the ultimate thing. I thought we took too many fastballs. I didn't. I didn't think our approach was bad. I like the construction of our lineup, and we can really, really run. We can I fly. Mean, we can really run. And so that's something I, I hope that we keep doing and something we exploit um, because that's going to be a strength of this team, and it puts a lot of pressure on the defense, even with the starter for Childs. And I'm with you. He wasn't out of this world. I mean, he did his job. You know, he was a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked like he had a little bit of pitchability to him. But he started slide-stepping a lot, which it didn't look like that was his – strength or his preference he wanted to be able to lift and yeah. out of the stretch and yeah. but he couldn't because every time he did we ran mm-hmm. and we were safe and that's a pretty good catcher by the way too yeah like, yeah I understand. Alabama commitment. I understand he's yeah. he's really highly thought of yeah. um, I liked his swing a lot defensively yeah. I wasn't blown away no I think defensively he would say I didn't have a very good game but, right I mean he had a couple uh, on, pass on the, balls yeah on the yeah. plate he uh or in yeah in the batter's box and again he, I mean that's, well. I'm watching five innings of him play so that's right not right indictment you know, yeah you know that could just be a bad game one right. time situation but I mean if that's all we're judging you on unfortunately hey that, that's what we no but I did with. I did like his swing yeah. so I'll have to find out from coach Jackson get a little scouting report I don't know if we played child again but I did think we took too many fastballs now I understand in the seventh inning you're probably taking until you get a strike mm-hmm. to try to force some base runners um but I thought we just took too many fastballs yeah you can't take strike three That's no you can't and you know we kind of they thought some calls were were balls and strikes wise they thought they wanted some that they didn't get we didn't like some. that's going to happen there was yeah. nothing I saw that I thought it was egregious good, or yeah, anything exactly. like that I thought it was just you know, I thought it was a decently consistent zone. The umpire seemed to like the ball up a little more than he did the ball down. But, again, like you said, when you get in a two-strike situation, especially late in the game, you've got to protect. You've got to find a way to put a ball in play. And we just didn't do that last night. So, you know, it's a disappointing loss. But but to me, I like the makeup of our team. I like the way the lineup is constructed. I really like Matthew Gill at the top. I think he's a patient hitter. He's going to yeah. find a way on base a lot. Um you know, Peyton Waters, Peyton didn't have a great game last night, but you can tell that, that he's a middle-of-the-order type bat. You're missing your four-hole hitter in Fernald, so who mm-hmm. knows how much that hurts. Mm-hmm. But I do have to say, and, and, and I don't mean to turn this in a, into a negative way or anything like that, and I understand fully that I'm the get-off-your-long guy. I'm, I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. We have got to – we talked about it with Coach – not with Coach Bruce, but during the Coach Bruce interview – there is a fine line between enthusiasm and, and, and playing hard and that and kind of taking that too far. And I thought last night we were a little bit too far, and that in turn, turn kind of forced Childs to be that way. And what I mean yeah, by that is I, this. I definitely saw that. Every time we took an extra bait, you get a big hit, I got it, hey, clap a little bit, yeah. But we, we go to second on a pass ball and we flex. Like we just – 
hit a triple to win the game. You know what I'm saying? We've got to tone a little bit of that down. There's a time to be really excited and to be pumped up, and it's not every play. It's just not. Now, you can say, well, Hunter, we want enthusiasm. We want them pumped up. Yes, we want that, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have that. But it can't be every time we move 90 feet that we act that we're doing some gesture to the dugout. You know what I'm saying? And it was more their era than our. And I know, ability, yes, you and know, a yes. pass ball is a perfect example of that. A pass ball. So a guy gets a pass ball and we go to third and we're in the dugout. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Okay, man, it's a pass ball. Let's. Yeah. There's a difference between enthusiasm and and let's act like we've been there before a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't mean that. I know. The major leagues have, and we want to have fun, and yep. that's all well and good. But this was on another level, and so then when Childs' guy, when his, the pitcher throws up a zero, now he's bah, bah. Mm-hmm. okay, man. Look, there's yeah. it, there it's still okay in baseball to just get the out and walk off the field. Yeah, you know what I mean. But everything yeah. doesn't have to be a show and a jump up and bump chess. And look, man, it, it's all good. We'll do that, and it's all good. When you're seven and zero and you're beating people twenty to six and all that, but when you're in a tight game and now you're down and you lose five to three, now it's a little bit like oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and you don't want to necessarily say it. it's front running because I, these kids are here for each other. They're they're here to hype each other up however they can. But and you weren't here for the first couple innings, but you really didn't miss too much, I guess, like because we weren't doing that much in the first couple innings. So mm-hmm. when you got there by the third inning and stuff like that, you actually saw us scoring runs and how we sure. were hyping each other up. It was crickets. From like yeah. the fifth inning on yeah. in that dugout, there wasn't any of that. Like, hey, that a boy, that a boy, you know, like just the, the end, like the I guess the the end, like mm-hmm. like the batter's box trying to hype that guy up. It was more like, okay, after something had happened, then they would hype him up. But in the beginning of the game, if there was a ball, like they would go crazy, like, all right, yeah, man, good, for, you know, good eye, good right, eye, good, right. good leave, good leave, all that stuff. There was none of that. So and, I do think a little bit of it is like they got punched in the mouth last night. Let's just say what it is. They mm-hmm. got punched in the mouth last night. This was by far the best opponent they've had a chance to go up against this year. And again, we're not piling on them at all. This is great. No, in the long a, run, we're a very the, good team. Yeah, in the long yeah. run, this is going to be beneficial for this team. But sure. they got punched in the mouth for the first time this year, and they kind of like got their tail tucked between their legs and retreated into the dugout a little bit. And I, I think if you're going to act like that, the first few innings, like, hey, man, have that same energy. Dude, you're down 5-3 mm-hmm. in the final inning. Like, you're totally in this game. You know that old saying, what, a bloop and a blast? Yeah. That's all you need. So yeah. why is that energy level not there going into the sixth and seventh inning when you know, hey, we got six outs to get this done. Mm-hmm. We got three outs here in the seventh inning to get this done. That that passion and the, the hyping up and the motivating of each individual player at that point in time just kind of seemed to, to and I don't, down, and I don't downplay know, a lot, I guess. I don't know that I thought it was lack of energy. And, again, I don't know. I want to be careful with this because I don't want it to come off as me saying that I think that it's bullcrap or that they shouldn't do any of that. I'm not saying that. I just want, when you do that, like you're saying, it used to drive us insane, or not drive us insane because we went undefeated against them, you know, when I was in high school. But Taylor County used to come out every game and they would start clapping in the dugout mm. Here we go, and chant the number. Mm. Here we go, five. Let's go, five. And they do that for the first two innings until you drop five on them and then they shut up for the rest of the game. Yeah. So I understand what you're saying. That's there. what I was meaning. I about, just yeah. want it to be, if we're going to be that, and that's – if that's going to be your personality, then you need to understand a couple things. Like you're saying, number one, keep that energy, but also the other team is going to feed going off that. Pick up that energy. Because you're, it, it, it's borderline. It is a fine line between fun, you know, enthusiastic team and douchebag team. Yeah. For the other side. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if you want to be the villain, that's fine. I'm not yeah. saying that's a bad thing. But they're going to pick up what you, you put just, down. You yeah. just have to be careful because that fed their team too. Oh, yeah. Because I sat on that side last night. Yeah. It fed yeah. them. 
And so you have to understand that if that's what you're going to do. But again, I like our team. I think we are a fun team, and we're going to be a fun team to watch yeah. because we can run. We put a lot of pressure on defenses. You know, when, when you get Fernald back, now your lineup's really, really complete because there is not a guaranteed out because of the things we can do. Our seven, eight, and nine guys no. can fly. I mean, you're top to bottom. Your two, two, your two fastest runners are probably Karsten Palmer, who hits seventh, and Camden Fryer, who's hitting right ninth. At the bottom, yeah. So I mean, that is a weapon that not a lot of teams are going to have, and so you've got a chance to be really good. Waters and Fernald and Green in the middle is really good. Leneve is a two-hole. Gill at the top. I mean, you are a deep, deep lineup. And, again, this is a team I like a lot. You just have to be careful. That's my whole point. You have to be careful with how you go about your business. I'm not saying you've got to be workmanlike and, and no. quiet or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's got to be – it can't be fake enthusiasm or manufactured enthusiasm. It's got to be real. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. if that's who you yeah. are and that's who our team is, then that is fine. But you've got to understand the line. And there is a time to act like we've been there before and we don't have to flex every time we move up 90 yeah. feet. That's yeah. my point. Yeah, so our next game is on the road versus Madison County this Thursday, the 11th. But our next home game is Tuesday the 16th versus Santa Fe. Yeah. I want them to still have that same energy. Like that first right. few winnings, I want them to be hyped like that. But what I'm saying is like, hey, just – just because you're down a couple runs and you got finally got punched in the mouth and you're mm -hmm. facing adversity for the first time this year, don't change who you are. Yeah. You know, you were, and we talked about it earlier whenever we talked about this team and I guess more like the Padres and just how the MLB is nowadays. You'd rather have a player tone it down than having them try and turn 100%. it up. 100%. So, 100%. And so I would maybe, rather have that. And so, you know, we didn't get the chance to hear uh, what Coach Bruce said in the post game, and we haven't had a chance to talk with him since then. But, I mean, maybe a little bit of that was like, hey, guys, like, okay, you know, you've, you've had a lot of fun. You guys are this way. That's great. But – here, you know, okay, here we are. Here we are facing adversity for the first time. How do you respond now? How do you get back up off the mat, if you will, and, and move forward? Mm -hmm. And like you said, this is going to be good for us. We need these games. We need quality opponents. We need to play the Childs, and we need to play the Lincolns. Santa Fe's coming up. They dimed Columbia last week. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be a good test. And so yeah. you're going to face good teams. And like we, I talked about before, I know, I, like I said, I hard time Coach Bruce, but the schedule – if you'd have played West Nassau two years ago, that's a really, really, really good team. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're not as strong this year, but mm -hmm. the schedule coming up, you're going to get tested, and so you have to see how you're going to respond. And I didn't think we played bad. I'm not no, saying that. No. Um, I just thought, you know. It was just a, a team played really well. well a team, team played yeah. really well, and they're a talented team, and, you know, that's going to happen sometimes. You tip your hat, you move on, and we'll we'll go get them next time. No, like you said, I mean, like one, two-out double changed the course of the game. Like, okay, so we're literally talking about one at bat changed this game, and – you know, that, this isn't doom or gloom. I mean, you're going to lose games in baseball. You're not going to go undefeated. You're going to sure. have, you know, these slip-ups here and there, and that's to be expected. So I think this is only going to help benefit the team kind of more down the road where it's like, okay, we face this tough level of competition. We know we were in it until the end, mm -hmm. but we got to figure out what we have to do to maybe get off to a better start and close a little bit better, if you will. And we got some adversity thrown at us. Like I said, Fernald's supposed to start on the mound, so if I'm Matthew Gill now, I find out maybe three hours before game time yeah. hey, that I'm on the mound tonight. You're the guy. And I don't know, maybe, you know, he may be able to flip a switch. I always wanted to know a day or two before mm -hmm. when I was going to pitch so mm -hmm. I could mentally prepare myself. And so that gets thrown at you. You know, your four-hole hitter's out. It happens. And it, it goes to, it the, is. to the mental makeup of this, of this team and just the, the energy and the excitement they had. I was there for the season opener versus Madison, and I, I just kind of popped in a couple other games. That was the biggest crowd we've had yeah. this year. So I think, number one, they knew, the boys knew, Childs is a really good team, and so mm -hmm. we better bring it. And then I think they saw, hey, look, this is a pretty good crowd. 
And I think the word's getting out a little bit. Hey, this team's undefeated, man. They're outscoring their diamond team so easily. You know, they're they're dropping, you know, 20 to 6 mm-hmm. wins on teams in Georgia. And so, okay, like maybe they were like the word's out on them a little bit. So let's see what this team is all about. And so, I mean, I, I've never played on that field, but I know whenever it was a soccer match or, I mean, heck, even swimming for our senior night, like we had a pretty good crowd. It's like, all right, man, like I'm mm-hmm. extra amped up. Like I feel a little extra something, you know, flowing through my veins. So maybe there was a little bit of that too, where it was just like they were just so hyped up that 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 played into a little bit. But yeah, like we said, you know, what you what you put out, that other team's going to do that because Charles didn't do that until like the fifth or yeah. sixth inning. Charles started putting it back in their face a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, Swanee, you know, didn't really retaliate necessarily as far as like anything bad, like you know, get into a verbal confrontation or anything sure. like that. Nothing like that. But you would like to see them respond on the with their play at that point in time. But I mean, I'm here for it. I, I'm okay with it. But they, they got punched <laughs> right. in the mouth. Yeah, and 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 don't get it twisted. This is going to be and is a very very good baseball team. We have. Oh, it still is. We have it's a great chance. team. We yeah. have a chance to that was really a great game last night. And we thank, just didn't come out on top. No, exactly. And they have a chance to really make a run in this thing. And so I would certainly encourage everyone to come out to Booster next week, watch that Santa Fe game because that's going to be another good one. Because like I said, they're coming off a couple big wins, and so. We shall see. Yeah, I mean, you really look at the home schedule. I mean, even the away schedule as well. But you start looking at the home schedule coming up. You got Santa Fe at home, Columbia at home, Clay County at home, and Lincoln coming up here for the rest of this month. I really, so, really, really would like to beat Columbia at our place. And I mean, mixing it in with that, you got an away game versus Santa Fe and an away game versus Leon. So I mean, the rest yeah. of this month is just all right. What are you made of? Yeah, it's going to be a good test, and we'll see where we stand come April. So the entire month of March is just like it's March madness. That's right for a different sport, but it's it's madness for sure. That's right. Well, also last night, uh, softball was playing, and they took the L last night against West Nassau. Um, was able to sneak over for a little bit of that. And, again, TJ, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, it's just a matter of we've got to get we, – we've got to get Kara Smith back in the circle to give yeah. us a chance, I think. I think that's a big part um, of it. You know, she should be our number one. She's been out since the pre- first preseason game with a strained yep. hamstring, and I don't think there's any – reason to rush her back and so I think she's still going to be another week or two before she comes back and then once she comes back and is in the circle I think we'll be able to get a better gauge of who we are uh, like we t- said last week West Nassau is a really good program traditionally and they came over last night and looked like Would a really good say. program yeah. and so I think for softball it's just going to be a matter of us when we have a chance to put our full lineup out there then we can kind of see okay who are we and what do we have a chance to do and offensively, we've got to figure some things out. we still got to find a way to score runs against good pitching, and that's just a, going to be a work in progress, it seems like. Yeah, uh, I think just inside the circle, we were asking a lot out of Zoe Hatch, who was just a, a sophomore, sophomore. And so, and really, she's a, a shortstop. shortstop. Yeah, yeah. I, in our interview with Coach Roberts, she talked about that. It's like, hey, the, the left side of the infield is a freshman and a sophomore. Right. And so Zoe Hatch was half of that, you know, component there with her being at shortstop, and because of the, like you said, because of the injury to Kara Smith, it's it's all been on Zoe Hatch here mm-hmm. recently. And unfortunately, you know, there was even a couple of times where Zoe couldn't pitch because she had to take care of some things outside of the, the ball field where, okay, that really puts us in an even worse of a spot right. at that point in time. So it, it's not quite fair to judge this team in its entirety just yet because they haven't had their whole ball club yet. Right. I would agree. And I don't know what else you say besides that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's just not yeah. a lot to talk about you besides know, it, it, we're just kind of in wait and see mode with yeah. them. But and um, I mean, there's there's no harm in saying, hey, like they can get hot at the end, and that might be a ball club you don't want to run into. But sure. For the time being, right now, teams are getting the better of us, and we just hope they can turn around.
Got some track results to read off to you, the Santa Fe Invitational, and boys and girls actually did both pretty well. We got some results from Coach Yerick the other day. Montasia Jones got first place in high jump, second place in long jump, and third place in triple jump. Hiata Walker, first place in long jump, and Dre Walker got second place in triple jump. Ooh, how do you say that name there? What are you... <laughs> you talking about Kayliana? Yeah. Yeah, Kayliana Cuffey. Kay Kayliana Cuffey, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we'll, we'll get better at that one. Uh, first place in shot put. As a freshman, she put in parentheses. Oh, Kayliana. So nice. Dude, yeah, Kayliana. That's nice. I, okay, well, Kayliana is really, really good in the field events. She's going to be. She was, you know, in line before COVID shut everything down last year to probably win a state championship at the middle school in shot put. And so knew she was coming. She's also getting involved in weightlifting. She's got a chance to be nice. a really good one for us in the next couple years. Kaylin Ward got first place in 100-meter hurdles and second place in 300-meter hurdles as well. If you want me to just take these next time, TJ, yeah, I've you got can. you. Yeah, you can't. No. <laughs> and on the distance end, Maddie McMillan, also a freshman, ran her season best run of 6 minutes and 17 seconds in the 1,600-meter race. So that's a pretty good showing for the girls there. Yeah, and I don't think they had individual team champions, and so this was just basically – or I'm saying they didn't have team champions. It was just – strictly individual right. results for everybody um, at the meet last weekend. So, yeah, I saw that the girls had a had a good run. I was really impressed with Hialeah getting first place in the long jump. Uh, Drea, we talked about last week a little bit, the, the triple jump, the long jump, those are her events mainly. And then Montasia. Man, Montasia, we've mentioned her every season oh, yeah. now. Yeah. We, we go from volleyball <laughs> She's a mainstay, yeah. to basketball, and now we're into track. Um, Vakalin, who also goes by Gorgeous, she first place again in hurdles. She was first place last week in the 100 hurdles. And so really got a chance with some of these girls to make a run at some things, I think. Absolutely. Yep. So going on over to the boys' side, Garrison Beach got first place in 110-meter hurdles and first place in 300-meter hurdles. Amon Fillmore, third place in triple jump. For the distance boys, our 4 by 800 relay team is currently ranked number one in the region. And the boys' team consists of Morgan Mobley, Brandon Pratt, Jacob Littleton, and Hunter Land. And their time last Saturday was 9 minutes and 10 seconds. Man, that's pretty good. So Morgan Mobley, I know he's a freshman, and Pratt's a senior. I think Littleton's a senior, and Land's a junior senior. So uh, really impressed. That's that's cool with the 4 by 8 team. Yeah, go ahead and get keep them boys in there and see what we can do. That's right. This or last year, basically, <laughs> with a lot of them. Jacob Littleton runs on the 4x8 team, runs a 5.06 mile. And God it's bless currently Good the Lord. best in the district for the mile. Yeah, I would think that you're the best in the district running a 5.06 mile. I do not run a 5.06 mile. No. Shockingly, no, I know. No CrossFit can help you with that. No. No amount I will not get back to a 5.06 mile. I never was there. <laughs> so. And he's also the fastest two mile in the district as well at 11 minutes and 14 seconds. So almost like no drop off at all for him from that first and second mile. Miles. How do you do that? Good lord! I don't know. We might have to get him on here to ask us how. how oh my yeah. god! You know, you just that start just off fast, in the middle you're fast, and at the end you're fast. That sounds like a I, terrible time. I think time. that's about the only way you can do that. And also one more final note: Morgan Mobley is the fastest 800 meter with a time of two minutes and 13 seconds. Uh, and they also want to mention our 800 meters is very deep. You have Jesse Cushman, Brandon Pratt, Hunter Land, Jacob Littleton, and Chasen Blocker all running sub two minutes and 15 seconds. So well, pretty good selection to choose from there yeah. more times than not. Well, Morgan Mobley lives on County Road 250, so all we do is breed superior athletes, and so I'm not surprised to see him doing well. They got a couple of matches coming up here. They're actually hosting a home meet with Madison Hamilton and Swanee Middle School tomorrow. So we're actually recording on Wednesday, so actually yep. it'll be Thursday. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be coming we'll over be Thursday, yeah. uh, 3 o'clock tomorrow at the track if you listen to this before then come on out our middle school is going to come over do some do some
some stuff with them and look forward to watching it. I remember like even like in high school and stuff like that, I was so like enamored by a track event because there's so much stuff going on. It's a lot of fun. There's so much stuff yeah. going on. I mean, like, okay, you know, any other sport, it's like, okay, this sport is, is going on and that's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like a tennis match, like you got six courts full of, of matches going on, but they're all tennis at the end of the day. And so to have like a track meet where it's just like, I mean, you can just do a full 360 and not see the same thing twice. Right. It, it's, it's really incredible to see. I used so to, that'll be fun to watch. I used to really love watching because in the same year, you could watch Logan Boss on high jump and Kavarius Hayes on high jump. And that was a treat. Wow. <laughs> because that yeah. was some supreme athleticism some, going some, over the bar. Some very, very good verticals there going yes, on. Yes, no yeah. doubt. So good luck to our boys and girls as they will be competing tomorrow afternoon. Moving on over into flag football, who is actually our interview this week, Coach Huffy. Mm -hmm. They have a home meet. Again, we're recording on Wednesday, so this might not make it out tonight. But they have a home game tonight versus Bellevue. 6.30 start for JV. Uh, 8 o'clock start for varsity and their next home game is versus Bradford on Monday March 15th So go ahead and make it out there. I think he said that was varsity only but he references yeah. that in the interview So yes, yes, uh, if we're wrong about that, you'll hear it uh, yeah. straight from him <laughs> got the twilight start tonight at 8 o'clock You know past my bedtime, but yeah, way past them. Yeah, so far 1-0 on the year then had a game against Mandarin last Friday night get canceled And so been a week since the girls have played I'm sure they're chomping at the bit but had a good time talking to coach Hufty Man, he and, and Laura Kinzel, you know, they do volleyball together and flag football. They really – we joked before we came in here about – I asked him, I was like, dude, do you ever – like, when's the last time you just went home one yeah. time in the afternoon? You know, you just said, hey, I'm going to leave school and I'm going to go to the house. And he's like, man, I don't, I don't remember. Because he has no recollection. If they're not doing flag football, they're doing volleyball somewhere, and then on the weekends they're doing it, or on a Friday night, he, it's just nonstop for him, and, and God bless him for it. But like you referenced in the interview, and I was glad you did – I don't know of anybody better to come over here and start this program than, than Ricky Hufty because he has the experience, he has the love for it, and the girls really seem to enjoy it. You never hear anything but positive things come from the flag football program. Um, I think we've mentioned before the fastest growing sport in the state of Florida. Yeah. And so if you haven't been out, which last year got cut short, I would certainly encourage you to go out and watch because it really is as fast-paced, and it's a lot of fun. And it uh, – it's only going to get better as we get more experience and more mm -hmm. girls involved and they have some time to learn the game. I think you're going to see more and more good stuff come from Swanee. Yeah, Coach Huffy even, even referenced that in the interview. He's like, hey, all I got to do is just get them out there and the, the girls are hooked right away. Yeah. And so to build a program, to have that energy and excitement just continue to build, that's where I just mentioned that to Coach Huffy. I don't think we're in a better spot to have someone build this program because if, if you guys have the luck of knowing Coach Huffy, you know that man has all energy. Yes. All gas, no brakes That's type, right. type of guy right That's there. Right. So uh, we'll, let's go ahead and get into that interview. This week's interview on the Sons of Swanee Sportscast, we are pleased to welcome in from the Swanee Lady Dog Flag Football Team, Coach Ricky Huffy. Coach, thank you for being with us today. No, thank you guys. I'm glad to be here. So, um, you know, we're here – you just got done eating pregame meal, so we're really catching you right before game time. So we won't keep you too long today. But um, first of all, congratulations on your victory to start the season. Uh, Forty-two to nothing last Wednesday over Baker County. Never a bad time to beat those guys. Never. And so um, I guess just to start us off, talk to us a little bit about kind of how things have gone so far and um, what you're looking forward to most this season. Yeah, I think we've had a really good preseason camp. We came and or we had some not bumps in the road, but just things that we had to kind of navigate. So weightlifting state was here. 
and a bunch of our kids are on the weightlifting team, which is so exciting. And then it's not a very common occurrence that you get to have state at your own school. So we lost a couple of days of practice just from a flag football standpoint because of that. And then we had some bad rain and just a combination of things like that just kind of took away a couple of our practice days. But I think our kids handled it really well. Um, we got to go down to Tampa and participate in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers preseason big tournament thing that they run, which is so cool. It's the hosted by the NFL team. We weren't able to be at their indoor facility this year because of COVID restrictions, but they still did a great job. It was a really nice facility. And just the whole getting the team together. We took JV and varsity, even though it was just varsity games. We wanted to involve the whole program, so we got to travel down, spend the whole day down there. We got to eat a couple meals together. And I, I'm a firm believer, and Laura and I both are, in all the, the team bonding aspect and what that kind of stuff does for the trajectory of the season and the program. So I couldn't be happier with the way things started. And then we started off with a really nice win against Baker County like you said anytime you win 42 to nothing you're doing something right I mean that's never a bad thing so we are we lost that game against Mandarin on Friday because they got quarantined we were able to get it rescheduled but we are chomping at the bit to get after it tonight and I guess one of the main things I thought about when we were coming over here today and a question I wanted to ask you is so you have a lot of returners from last year now you didn't get to get really deep into your season last year before it was shut down but coming back, did you see a difference with, okay, this is now not a first-year program, so I'm not having to start from the ground up, just from totally knowing nothing. Did you see that your returners kind of came back with that prior knowledge and were able to move a little quicker? Yeah, for sure. So I think it's twofold. So without question, yes. So on multiple pieces. So from the culture piece, the kids fully bought in. I mean, and that's the single most important thing to me is the, the culture aspect of it. And I think that the culture piece that we built within the program, it, it couldn't have been any better. I mean, we're always looking to improve it, but I couldn't have been any happier with the way that it took last year. And then when we got going this year, and really all through the offseason, even though we weren't able to do anything, the kids were constantly wanting to get out there. So when they came in, the returners took a ton of pride in having been part of this program. They know how we want things done, so they really led kind of the newcomers. Um, and then you could tell that they definitely retained what we had done last year, but as a program, we're still very green and raw in terms of understanding the game and responsibility. So from one aspect, without question, you could tell that we weren't a first-year program anymore, but then from the aspect of just knowing the game and really getting good at what we do, we're definitely kind of still at that step one, which is exciting because we do get to see a lot of growth and really just see the program take off. Yeah, Coach, you just talked on it a little bit, and I just maybe want you to expand a little bit about what you think of creating a program and like what what more times than not what is their understanding of the sport coming into it and like how do you help mold into what kind of team you want to be yeah for sure so the idea of being able to build a program from the ground up start it completely fresh and then to do it in a community like ours it's extremely rare and it was so enticing so I've known coach Braun and coach Hall for a while and they had tried to get me out here for a couple years but when the opportunity came up to start the flag program build it from the ground up and I love coaching flag more than anything I just couldn't resist and this community is so neat and it's so built and centered around the school system and athletics um, and the support that we have not only through our school but in the community it just makes it just very unique um, and easy it makes our job a lot easier having that kind of support so coming in wanting to really create a lot of passion and pride within our team and what they're doing and the effort that they put in um, and what they're building you know the legacy that they're going to leave so our seniors only got to play a couple games last year but I don't think there's any doubt that we had as good a senior group as we could have had and they really laid and kind of paved the way for everything and everybody that's coming behind them so coming in and getting them to buy into the, kind of the standards and the expectations that we have and we want them to live up to um, and they did they just took it in stride and it's really taken us into this year where they've 
taken it even farther. And so the group of kids that we have, I tell our kids all the time, the most fun that I've ever had coaching is our flag football program here. So the team last year and then this year is a continuation of that. But they make it a joy to go to practice every day. It's never a headache. They have great attitudes and they just want to learn. Like they're so hungry to learn and kind of get after it in terms of flag football, but then all the stuff that we do off the field as well. So we do a program called Know Your Worth where we bring in people to speak to the team about self-worth and positive relationships and kind of being the best version of yourself, but also understanding kind of what you deserve to have in life and your inherent self-worth that obviously is comes from above. And so we try to really bring that in to it. And then we also do some, it's, I mean, we definitely have a, a faith-based program, you know, mm -hmm. so we do some Bible studies with the team and stuff like that. And going into, and Coach Laura leads it. And so going into it last year, I told her, I said, I bet at the end of the year, when we kind of asked the kids what their favorite part of our program was, I would bet more than half the kids say the Bible study. And it was without question. So even when we went to quarantine last year, we continued it. We did it by Zoom and by our sure. group messaging app. Um, and they, they just they loved it. And we brought in, we even had a guest speaker. His name's Aaron Haldeman. He used to be at Cedar Key, and he's at Chiefland now. He's the weightlifting coach. We had him do a Zoom with our team on one of our Know Your Worth talks, even during the quarantine. And I just I don't think it could have gone any better, just the whole program. Um, and then in terms of the on-the-field uh, the on stuff, they really had no idea what flag football was. So like most people, as completely would be expected, they think powder puff. Mm -hmm. which is not what high school flag football is. I mean, it's not that the powder puff is awesome, and it's something that the whole school rallies around and it's so much fun. But high school flag is extremely organized. Not the powder puff's not. But, you know, I mean. <laughs> Sorry. It's not. No, I can say it. Trust me, it's, it's not. Throw shame. <laughs> but, I mean, it's extremely organized. It's scheme-driven on both sides of the ball, and it's so competitive. I, like, I tell people all the time there's nothing like flag football. Um, so it's all football at its roots, but there's definitely different intricacies to the game. It's a very fast-paced game. Um, but just the – and the sport recruits itself. Like, once the kids get out there and they see it, I mean, they just fall in love with it. Mm -hmm. So. And I think it's cool to have because it's not something that they can do growing up. And so, you know, everybody's kind of on that level playing field. Not to say, yeah. you know, girls can go out there and play flag football when they're really young at the yeah. rec department, but there's no 12 and under moving up yeah. through middle school and so on and so forth. And so it is something that's pretty neat to be able to, to do when you get here to the high school. And it does, I think, you like you said, it sells itself when, yeah. when you see the fast pace. And so... Thinking about your girls and some of your girls, who are some players that when folks go out to Lankford, they're going to see that, that you're expecting, I guess, kind of big things from and leadership from this year? Yeah, for sure. So I guess first off, I'll kind of talk about our captains. So our four, we have four captains. That's kind of a lot for some teams, but we have a really big program, and it was hard. I mean, these four kind of stood out. So Macy Campbell's a sophomore. Uh, she played a lot of quarterback for us last year and starts on defense too. She's going to do the same thing this year. She exhibits everything that any coach could ever hope and desire in a player. She's the consummate captain, team player. Uh, she's going to be a big part of everything we do and kind of the staple piece as we move forward just all the way through. Uh, Hannah Stout's a senior. She plays linebacker and plays receiver. Um, she's extremely tenacious and aggressive, and that really kind of translates through our team, and they kind of take that identity with her, and she loves flag football. And, the, and honestly, I could say the same thing about all these kids. Like, mm -hmm. they're so passionate about it. They just, they've bought right. into everything we do. I mean, they eat, breathe, and sleep it. Ashlyn Henry, um, and she has really just so competitive and you can see it through what she does in the weightlifting program and then how that directly translates over here like the girl just wants to win you know and that stuff is contagious within a program too um, and then Lee Wood so Lee Wood I tried to get her to play last year couldn't get her out there she was already committed to tennis 
Ashlyn Henry texted me one day a couple weeks before the season. She's like, hey, I think Lee's coming out. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so Lee came out, and she's just an unbelievable athlete, great competitor, uh, lifelong gymnastics kid, soccer goalie. So obviously fearless. You have to be fearless to play right, that position. Sure. And it's translated right over with us here. And so she's a captain this year. She's really taking it. She, she's learning a lot. Like It's all brand new to her. But she takes it in stride. She's very competitive, and um, we're very happy to have her. There's no question about that. So she plays on both sides of the ball. So those four, without question, are kind of staple pieces. We're also really excited about Amaya Jones. She's a sophomore, right. maybe the most athletic kid in the whole well, school. Son, she had the two pick sixes yes. against Baker yeah. County. So two pick sixes. And honestly, like right now, she probably has the best instincts on the team, just mm -hmm. in terms of seeing it, reading it. Sounds like it. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then she's just got unbelievable natural athleticism. And we see it in volleyball, see it in basketball. But to see her out there on a football field, it's special. So we're really excited about her. Right now she's primarily a linebacker on defense, but we have hopes of really getting her involved in the offense as well. I got you. And, and when you look down the list, you see, like you were saying, everybody I see is a multi-sport athlete. Yeah. You know, you got weightlifters, you got volleyball players, you got girls basketball players, soccer players. And so up and down the list, you're you're pulling from these other sports. And I'm sure that helps just having that, like you said, the instincts for different yeah. things. And so you're not just starting like, oh, this is new. Totally, sports are totally new yeah. to me. Yeah. And so I'm sure that's nice as a coach to have too. But the last question I had for you, and it was just kind of on a, on a personal note, is how – how did you become involved in flag football? I know you coached many years in Tallahassee. You helped run the Capital City Classic, which is a big tournament there. So how did it start for you with your involvement in flag football? Yeah, no doubt. So I was actually talking to our kids about this the other day because they were asking me. So <clears throat> when I was in high school, they didn't have flag at the school where I was at. I went to high school in Fort Lauderdale. They have it now, but they didn't back then. So flag was introduced to me when I went to college. So I went to FSU, and I needed a job, and so I got in with Campus Rec. So officiating, I mean, I love sports. That's always been my whole life, particularly football. And so I got in officiating with the intramural department there. And in intramurals, you play flag. Mm -hmm. And so got in doing that. Well, the guys that run the intramural department there, they also officiate high school flag. And so they kind of recruited some of the better intramural officials to do high school. And it's a great opportunity, number one, to be around it. And then number two, you get paid a little bit better. So my freshman and sophomore year in college, I was officiating high school. And I just fell in love with it. I mean, it's mm -hmm. awesome. And I knew that I wanted to coach. I knew that that was my kind of career path and trajectory. That's what I was called to do was to coach. And so when I was a junior, I got in touch with some of the local schools, and I was able to get on coaching flag football and football. So I was at Leon. So I was at Leon for three years, and from there it just took off. And so I fell in love with the sport. Like I said, I love coaching flag more than anything. So I was coaching there, and then I coached at Godby. And then even when I was in South Georgia coaching at Camden County, I was coaching football. I was driving back to Tallahassee to coach flag wow. at Godby. So I, was, <laughs> I put on 40,000 miles onto my car that year. <laughs> That's a lot of miles. So a lot of highway trips. Um, and then, like you said, so we run the Capital City Classic, which a guy named Jeff Martin, he used to be the head coach at Leon and at Godby, he started it in 2011 and then passed it on to us. And it was an eight-team tournament. It was the only one in the state at the time, and it has blossomed into the biggest tournament in the nation, which we're very proud of. Last year, prior to COVID, we would have had 62 teams at the tournament. Wow, awesome. Uh, which is insane. I don't know how we would have done it, but somehow <laughs> we would have. So it's really neat. And, you know, flag, just like all sports, has really given us a platform to do some unbelievably unique things. So one – being able to influence kids' lives and just be around them. And we get as much out of it as they do. Um, but then also, we were the first team to ever travel out of state and play flag football when I was at Godby. We went to New York City. We played games awesome. up there. We were the first ones ever, so that was neat. We were the first ones ever to play an international game. We had a team from Canada come down to our tournament in 2014 or 15. might have been 16. My years all blend together That's now. all right. <laughs> um, and so I was the head – so I was an assistant at Leon and at Godby. I was also the head coach at Leon and at Rickards. And then, obviously, now here. 
Yeah, man. So kind awesome. of a neat, neat path. And well, I know we've kind of talked about it before, uh, just between the two of us on the podcast. I don't think we could be in a better spot as far as having a coach get this program jump started. Your, your passion, you just see it on the football field, you know, with the flag football team. So I think we're in a really good spot, and we're just glad to have you on. And thank you for being our guest today. No doubt. No, I love what you guys do here. Just obviously within the community and the school system, but obviously with the podcast, it's a really cool thing. I love listening every week. Yes, so. sir. Hey, real quick before we go, Ricky, give the folks um, next couple weeks. When can they come out and watch yeah. the Lady Dogs at Langford? Yeah, for sure. So we're at home tonight. When Wednesday, March 10th. I don't know when this will air, but yeah, um, but we'll recap. <laughs> so we play at home tonight, and then next week we play at home on Monday okay. against Bradford. That's varsity only. We play on the road at Crystal River on Wednesday, and we play at home on Friday night against Mandarin, which will be really neat. So hopefully we yeah. get a really good turnout for that, and then we've got some more games coming up past that. My, uh, I'm trying to think. I think the following Wednesday we play Jefferson County, and then we have our tournament in Tallahassee. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks again for being with us, Coach Hufty, and um, good luck to the Lady Dogs. No doubt. Thank you all. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach Hufty, for joining us, and best of luck tonight versus Bellevue. And, again, just make it out there to whatever games you can. Next home game is versus Bradford on Monday, March 15th. But switching over to our college sports basketball updates, I guess, mm. if you will. Mm. You guys are playing tonight, correct? No, we play uh, tomorrow. No, oh, tomorrow. Okay. As the two seed because we pooed the bed on Saturday against yeah, a god-awful yeah. Notre Dame team. You, you got a little ahead of yourself I was there. very, very – I don't know. Like, it hurt my heart. It was terrible. I mean, Notre Dame was awful. And you you go up there knowing that if you win, you win the conference for the second time back-to-back years, which doesn't happen at Florida yep. State and the ACC, and you just go lay a complete egg and are down 20 in the first half. I don't understand it. Raekwon Gray was not happy with his teammates after the game in the <laughs> post-game comments. It was – but I don't know what you say. I mean, how do you not go in there ready to play? I don't understand. I mean, yeah, you guys you understand, hey, win this game. Number, That's it. Number one seed. One seed. You get a banner. You get a yeah, regular And now you're season. the two yeah. seed, and so we play the winner tonight. Duke and Louisville play tonight, so we play the winner of that. But, like, man, this was a team that two or three weeks ago you were thinking Final Four, and now you're like, God bless. I mean, I don't – They just keep sliding gonna, down the Are we going to lose yeah. the 5-12 game? Because it's just a away from the Tucker – the TLC double C. Away yeah. from the – Tucker Center, the Tallahassee Leon County Civic Center, we just do not shoot well. I mean, it's ridiculous how poorly we shoot away from there. I don't understand. MJ Walker made like something like 53.2% of his threes at home, made like 33 threes overall, right? Mm -hmm. Away from home, he made like four. It was or something around there. Yeah, that doesn't help. It's just crazy. I don't understand. Well, uh, as a fan of Florida basketball, I feel your pain. Because mm-hmm. yeah, we, yeah, we, y'all aren't going anywhere either. We, we haven't done yeah, very much. Uh, yeah, lost to Tennessee, and if we would have won either one of our games to close out the season, we would have been able to stay in the top four and of get the, the SEC and get the double bye. And now unfortunately, now we don't because we lost to Tennessee. Not having Trey Mann didn't help anything. We don't have very many ball handlers, but even like the ball handlers we do have, they turn the ball over way too much. Meanwhile, so, Andrew Nimhard's playing for Gonzaga, and they're undefeated. I don't care. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. He slowed everything down anyway. Uh, I think go. Trey Mann's a lot better off for us than Andrew Nimhard is. So that's fine. Whatever. Go go have fun with your Zags. But now <laughs> we're five seeds going into the tournament. Last week we were the three seed. Unfortunately, we just lost those last couple games. So we are set to play the winner of Texas A&M and Vandy tomorrow at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I just don't know what to expect with this team. More times than not, Mike White's teams are, are consistently inconsistent. That's the only thing you can count on with his teams. 
but normally towards the end of the year, they are hitting a little bit of a stride, I guess, if you will. And they always seem to upset at least one team in March Madness that kind of was like, oh, okay, cool. But then they lay an egg the next round, and then they're out. So I really don't know what to expect with this team. I think they did a pretty good job recovering from the loss of Keontae Johnson at certain points in time this year. But they truly played to the level of competition. They, yeah, they, 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 they just – they're kind of just, you know, feast or famine or a lot of peaks and valleys, it seems yeah, like. Can't so, sustain the momentum from a I big mean, win. The, you know, extreme highs. When Tennessee's ranked number five in the beat nation, them. you beat the brakes off of them at home. You go on the road – to West Virginia and, and beat win. a very good Mountaineers team. Yeah. And then you just, you know, I mean, even like the some of the games that you lost, you come back on the road against Arkansas when, when it's your first game in almost like two weeks because of COVID shutdowns, and you come back and have a valiant effort all the way to make a comeback just to kind of, you know, poop the bed the last yeah. minute of the game. So, I mean, there's a couple different examples of that, but it's just a frustrating team to watch, and I, I don't know what to expect well, and week I don't in think, and week out. I don't think either of us could have any expectation for Florida or Florida State that they're going to sustain the momentum enough to make a run no. to a Final Four. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe a Sweet 16 for – I mean, for either. Um, if you went to an Elite Eight, that would be above and beyond expectations yeah. at this point, I think, just realistically. But – you know, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. As a Florida fan right now – At least I, we're going to get to have a tournament. Yes, that's true. That's true. As a Florida fan, I'm just hoping that they can avoid the 8-9 seeding because I think we're, we're – You're on that line. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're pretty close to that. I think if we win a couple games in the in the SEC tournament, I think we'll stay at 7, sure. potentially maybe jump up to a 6. I don't really maybe see that happening, but – more than anything, you don't want to have an 8-9 seeding because if you do win that game, you guess got what? One Your seed. second round going into it is yeah. a first-round opponent or a, a number one seed. And how strong these teams are, the number one seeds are this year. I mean, it's a very top-heavy yes. league this year. I mean, a couple of years ago, you're like, no one wants to really be good, so it's anybody's year kind of thing. But this year, I mean, like with Gonzaga, Baylor, I mean, Michigan, Michigan. as well, you know, mm -hmm. these, these teams are so good that – it's like, yeah, you, you don't want to face them at all, but you certainly don't want to face them in the second round. And as a Florida fan, that's kind of where I'm like, hey, just avoid that 8-9 ranking area where we can, you know, go as long as we can without having right. to face a high-end competition like that. But switching over to softball, our two softball teams squared off. Yeah, this, split, this right? Week, yeah, like yeah. every single year, which yeah. has proven my point again. We need the third game. That I, we need that third game. Yep. I'd rather lose the series 2-1. Then split a series one one. It's just so frustrating. And y'all won seven. No, y'all won five, five to nothing. Zero. Then and we then, won seven to two. So, so we both scored seven. Yeah, <laughs> like like even in like in European soccer, like aggregate goals, like away <laughs> scores and all that. Like no, yeah. it's just we're still tied. We have no <laughs> splitting. Like so, we, we have to have that third game. But unfortunately, if we don't, that just proves my point that. You know, Sons of Swanee, we kind of know what we're talking about every now and then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It sounds good when, when you say it like yes, that. Yes, no doubt. Uh, moving over to baseball, you guys haven't really had a chance to play much baseball We played all. played Virginia. I saw a tweet. So we, we, we won two out of three against Virginia. Yeah. But, it, you know, it wasn't pretty. I saw a tweet yesterday, and I sent it to Kevin Green because Kevin is the uncle of Jackson Green who plays for Florida State. So he and I text a lot about the Knowles and just about baseball in general because – he helps me coach baseball, and I help him when I can. You know, so we, we coach together at the sports complex a lot. And so I saw a tweet, and I sent it to him, and I said, dude, this is me. This is – and it says, just a single. Why has the single become so underappreciated? Exit velocity and home runs get all the attention. Show me a player with a knack for stroking a single with two outs and a runner in scoring position, and I will show you a player I want on my team. And I could not love that tweet more. And I sent it to Sean Barrett, who was a guest for us, and I said, do you uh -huh. feel attacked? Because he, he said, that screams get off my lawn, old yeah, man. Yeah. But 
Florida State won a game the other day in which their three, four, and five hitters combined to go like 0 for 11 with nine strikeouts. Yikes. Every one of them struck out three times. I won't, I'm going to look this stat up, TJ, and I'm sure he is a nice guy and he is probably going to get drafted high or whatever. Elijah Cabell would never play for me because I do not remember. I want to go look at the last time Elijah Cabell, the left fielder for Florida State, mm-hmm. who hits four hole, mm-hmm. went through a game where he got – three or more bats, and did not strike out. I don't yeah. know that. Now, he hit a 489-foot home run last week, and he can do that. But he's going to come up, and there's going to be a runner on third in less than two outs, and you're going to need to drive him in. You know what's going to happen? Strike out. He's going to K. And he's going to do it more times than not because that's all I see him do. I don't know how many times I've seen him put a ball in play, to be honest with you. Yeah, that, that's got to be frustrating. I just hate that brand of baseball. I really do. It's a frustrating – it's strikeouts, and I get it. That's where the game's going. And to hear – and Mike Martin Jr. made a great point with it. Look, you're not going to string – with these arms, you don't string a lot of hits together. But at the same time, if you're striking out every at bat, what does it matter? You I mean, have we, a chance. We yeah. Florida State strikes out more than anybody in America. It has to be. I mean, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. I just hate that. I hate where the game's going in that regard. I still want. I want David Eckstein. That's yeah. who I want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want the little scrappy guy who's going to put it in play and, and who's going to hit out. 375. Yeah. I'm sorry. Give me the guy that hits 375 over the guy that hits 220 with no home runs, over the guy that hits 220 with 15. Yeah. That's, that's the true. guy I want. And I mean, that's kind of how college baseball is. And, I mean, I, I think Florida – not that you would ever like watching Florida baseball. And they baseball. won two out of three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, not that Florida baseball no, like, you would ever I like I like them. watching Florida but, baseball. I mean, they, they really do. Like, they have uh, – Judd Fabian strikes out strikes a lot. Strikes out a ton. But yeah. he's going to be, like, the first but, overall yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah. He's it's ridiculous. Going, going into this year, like, you would have thought, like, you know, top five pick for sure. Probably will still will be in yes, that range. but in he carries all the but, time. But he strikes out a lot. And I really do think – I mean, he definitely – like, I don't even need to look that up. Like, I will say with a fact for sure right now. He is leading our team in strikeouts. But really no one else is, is like that a lot. Like, we put the ball in play a lot. And if, if we get out, we get out. But we put the ball in play. Well, the guy at the top of your lineup who has the hitting streak. Jacob Young was in it last night. Okay, but still, he had like yeah, a 30-game yeah. hitting streak, right? It was a school record 30-game hitting streak. I like that guy. Yeah, and so that's exactly what you were just talking about. Like, it's funny, like, you were listening. So, like, I was listening to you say all that thing. And so I'm like, okay, Judd Fabian is kind of like a player that strikes out a lot because he's looking for the home run ball. And then Jacob Young is, is more mm-hmm. your David Eckstein kind of guy where, yeah, he's hitting like right below 400. And he had a 30-game hitting streak that extended over two seasons long. Yeah. So I, I think – Judd Fabian has 55 at-bats. He has struck out 19 times. Yeah. 40% of the time, nearly, he time. is striking. And he's got five home runs, five, six home runs, whatever it is. Five but, home runs, 14 RBIs. That's what they want but, nowadays. I mean, that, that's all it is. Like, it's it's literally all or nothing. I think the rest of the team around him it isn't quite like that. And so, I, I think maybe having, like, one guy like that, okay, maybe you can get away with that. Yeah. But the rest of the guys are going to put that ball in play in one way or another. And with all that being said, we, we swept FAMU this weekend. But – only reason why I mentioned that, Hunter, is because Essex just graduate Evan Johnson got a That's chance right. to pinch hit and play first base Easy on Sunday. E. Yep, so got a chance to go out there at the new Florida field. Very jealous of him that he got a chance to go out there. I saw his mom was out there watching him, so I'm, I'm sure that was really neat to see her son go out there and play in a, a beautiful ballpark and, and have that opportunity to go up against some high-level competition. So uh, best of luck to Evan and FAMU for the rest of this year. By the way, they got a pretty sweet deal with LeBron. I saw that. Shoes. Yeah. What are they doing, so like I, Nike? Yeah, or? Like it's, it's an exclusive deal just with FAMU you through LeBron and, and Nike so I don't know what shoe size Evan is but I might need to hit your boy up and see uh, if I can get a pair 
There ain't uh, no doubt. Uh, of them FAMU sneakers. Come on, Ev. Make it happen. Make, make it happen. And Give TJ the stuff. With all that being said, we got a weekend set versus Jacksonville. We play Stetson tonight. Again, on Wednesday, we beat Georgia State last night. Sullivan, your, your boy Sully, took over first place for most wins in program history. Did you send a congratulatory tweet to him? Dude, I like Kevin O'Sullivan. This is a little-known fact, but yeah. Kevin O'Sullivan was the pitching coach at Clemson yeah, he was. when I was at Mercer. Yeah. And I loved the way his pitchers went about their business. He likes guys to get the ball, get back back up the mound, never take your eyes off the batter, and go, go. and go, and go. And I love that style. So I've always liked O'Sullivan ever I since mean, then. And Florida games are relatively quick this year. Now, I mean, yeah. they, they got uh, some big bats in the lineup that kind of sometimes it takes a while for them to finally get three outs each inning. But as far as the pitching is concerned, they're they're up there ready to fire. And, and it's more times than not, it's a relatively short game that, for Florida. That staff, when he was at Clemson, Jack Leggett was the head coach, who's a Hall of Fame head coach, and the assistants were O'Sullivan and Tim Corbin, the head coach at Vandy. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. He did well. Yeah, good job, Jack Leggett. Yeah, he, Identified yeah. some talent. Yeah, pretty pretty good with that. By the way, I got a chance to talk with Sam McMillan last night. He was uh, at the game. He was. Sammy yeah. Matt. Yeah, so I, I apologize to him because it's, it's just – Hunter and I only know this, but there's been a couple times where we didn't have a podcast guest and we were like, oh, well, let's go ahead and get Sam. Because Sam's yes. lined up. Like he's gonna be, he's next in our mm -hmm. in our in our bank of coming up guys. But unfortunately, we haven't quite worked it out where he's been on there. So I took the opportunity to apologize to him in person for both of us and mainly me. But yep. but for Sons of Swanee, really, just say, hey man, we're gonna get you on. Like we're not toying with you, but we just gotta get you on. We were hoping to have him on last week, but he was driving. Doing a little bit of, uh, I think he said he had to do some hitting actually that yep. day, and so that's where he was driving to. But hopefully these next couple weeks we're going to get him lined up and actually get an interview with him and catch up with everything that he's going on. So he actually was at Booster Field last night driving all the way back down to Tampa, actually to Lakeland, to go ahead and get ready because he's with the, the Lakeland Flying Tigers for right now with their spring training game. So we'll catch up with him sometime soon and, and get all his news and updates. Yeah, man. Looking forward to watching how Sammy Mack does this year. Year three, well, last year doesn't really count, yeah, but like year two, two and, and a, a half two and a fourth. Yeah. of uh, his minor league career. And so hopefully it goes well for him. And I'm sure he's happy to be down in Lakeland and not going up to Michigan in yeah. – April this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we talk about how the weather's been a little uh, cold here. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah, we, we got it pretty good compared to the rest of uh, the United States. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. But we got it pretty good here with, with you guys listening to us. We appreciate all your listeners. And so until next time, go, go dogs. dogs.